y'all. I'm Betsy Orton with the Dickey Foundation. You're listening to Dickey's Doing Good, the podcast where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in their community. I'm thrilled because my guest today is retired Master Sergeant with U.S. Army Special Forces, Shane Iverson. Shane is a veteran who started his military career with the U.S. Marines before joining Army Special Forces as a weapons sergeant and most recently retired from the 19th Special Forces as a team sergeant. Shane's had multiple combat tours with the Army in both Iraq and Afghanistan and has worked as a contractor for various U.S. government agencies. Shane has also spent time with the Dallas Police Department and is currently with the Russ County Sheriff's Office. Thanks so much for joining me, Shane. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here, Betsy. I'm so glad to have you joining us on the podcast. And for those folks who don't know you quite as well as I do, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your military and law enforcement career, and how you came to be where you are today. Pretty much through stubbornness. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I got, we got to where I am today. No, uh, in all seriousness. Yeah, after uh, after high school, I, I went to college for a couple of years. Uh, you know, I was playing football. Then all of a sudden, it, it woke up. Uh, I, I, I kind of woke up or grew up at that point in time, and um, I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't know the difference between you know Marine Corps and the Air Force. So I'm like, ah, Marines, Army. What's the difference? So I went in, uh, and then that education pretty much. I found out that uh, they didn't have what I really wanted to do. And my heart of hearts was kind of get into Special Forces. I was. I was uh, still totally enamored with uh, with the, 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 the visualization of John Wayne and the Green Berets, you know, a bunch of dudes out in the, out in the jungle. You know, it was like the Peace Corps with guns. And I'm like, that's what I want. <laughs> and uh, the education I got there led me to the Army. Uh, went to selection, got selected. Went, ended up going to the Q course. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a long, drawn-out process. Uh, anyway, and anyway, got selected. Um, during my second uh, military hitch, uh, during the Clinton administration, there was a lot of budget cuts and everything. And I, and I had applied to the Dallas Police Department. I was about 93 issue. And then went through the academy and, and did a total of about 11, no, 10 and a half, 11 years with Dallas. Um, and, you know, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, there's some rock stars I went to the rookie school with that are you know, if you ever watch, what is it, the first 48 in Dallas, most of those people up in narcotics, I either was in patrol with or went to rookie school with. <laughs> uh, and then 9-11 uh, 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 happened, uh, still being active in the military. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I was honored to answer my country's call again, got called back to active duty for a couple of years. Uh, and you know it, it agreed with me it, it reawoke uh uh what i you know some things in me at the time that uh uh that i decided that i needed to needed to pursue that that full time uh, came back from that deployment i stayed with dallas for about six months transferred from southwest substation over to um cbd and made the decision that I'm, I'm getting back into the fight. That's, that's where I need to be over there. So, uh, uh, ended up, uh, getting into some, some contracting, did some more combat deployments, uh, in the guard and everything at that point in time. And at about 2015 ish, uh, had a little, little minor injury, but I had had some surgery on my hand after an accident overseas. And, uh, you know, baby Jesus woke me up and said, you need to go home. You've been over here 
way too long. And about that time, it probably been about close to, uh, if we added it all up cumulatively, probably, and I'm being conservative, probably eight, eight and a half, 10 years actually deployed. So that, that's uh, we came back. I, I was just yeah, saying that's, well, re that's remarkable. And that's a long time to be deployed in the Middle East. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and, and, uh, like I said, I, like when I tell that story about, you know, it was it was the most bizarre, surreal accident that ever happened. I was actually given a briefing. Uh, we were getting ready to go do uh, do a job, and uh, uh, I was just sitting there. I had my hand out like this, and a briefing position and pointing, and you know, uh, and a machine gun fell out of the rack and hit me right there and ruptured that ligament and uh you know my finger was pointing down all that well the mission has to go on and we went and got an x-ray no broken bones trigger finger still work i'm like let's get in the truck taped it up we went and executed the mission and i stayed in country another three weeks and then when i came back they were like um if i could get you in right now you would have emergency hand surgery so it was pretty bad uh so a couple days after getting back to the states and seeing a doctor uh, we had surgery and, and I kind of got the message. Well, yeah, yeah, a lot happened there, but that happened. Uh, we got hit with a, hit with a, uh, vehicle borne, uh, explosive device on the base. It killed several of our Afghani counterparts. And I got the message that, you know, it's time for me to go home. It's, it's time for me to put this part of my life and put the war behind me. Uh, I had been involved with it from. 20, uh, 2001 and, and here it is 2015. Anyhow, I, uh, we came back, uh, my bride and I, we, uh, decided to move out of the Metroplex because it was just the pace of life was, uh, not conducive to trying to get, uh, you know, get everything in order. So we moved out here to the Nacogdoches area. Um, of course I can never sit still. Uh, I, and, and this is probably, I guess the most thing I'd like to share with you and the way I see it is uh, I can't sit still, I can't rest on my laurels. Um, uh, I ended up kind of getting involved with, uh, with a, a political campaign for the sheriff's uh, office for Russ County. Um, and I, I worked hard, we ended up uh, helping the sheriff get elected. Um, <laughs> And I and I've been it kind of as tongue in cheek when I when I said this, but uh, to the sheriff I said, "Well, hell, sheriff, if you win, uh, I'll come work for you." That, you know, uh, <laughs> there's not many people that that I would you know kind of uh, you know offer my services just because I uh, I got excited about what he said, and, and and I guess I meant it, and he won, and now I'm working six to six. <laughs> back in patrol so yeah that, that and that was a whole nother adventure getting my license reactivated after it expired after so many years but uh, uh yeah I'm, I'm really doing i'm really enjoying it so I'm, i've done all the talking what's your next question <laughs> no you're, you're too funny but yes how interesting you know you've been overseas and and now you're over in rust county in east texas so that's that's remarkable yeah. so Kind of, I guess my next question for you would be, what has been the best thing about being either in the military or being in law enforcement? Well, I, I, I've always told the folks that have asked me, I guess, similar questions to this. It's sort of apples to oranges. Uh, you know, in the military, what I did, uh, I, I, I loved it. 
I, I guess what, what bridges those two things is, uh, and, and this kind of sounds corny in, in a sense when you think about it, and it almost sounds boilerplate, um, but, it, but it's more than that. It's, uh, you know, kind of coming to grips with, with some of my PTS issues and, and things like that. Uh, what helps me the most is uh, and what what hurts people the most I, is my personal opinion. I'm not a psychologist. Is um, and, and it's more than just the camaraderie. That's that's the that's the easy kind of thing um, to the easy adjective to use when you're trying to describe this. And and I still struggle with trying to figure out what it what it is today. But um, being part of something larger than yourself until you've done it. Uh, until you have willingly and sometimes even unwillingly until you've been placed in that position to really make a cognitive cognitive um, decision of uh, what you're willing to sacrifice for the greater good um, and I guess that you know it depended on where you're at uh uh, being in the military, what I was willing to sacrifice and what I did sacrifice uh, there, and as a as a police officer in Dallas, um, and that's a hard pill to swallow, especially when you get in, uh, away from it. I think that's what most people are describing when they leave the military or or done is you know that you hear that oh I'm alienated you know I miss the camaraderie. Once you've throwing yourself out for that at that kind of a level it's really really hard to come back to normal life it's kind of like the, the you know coming back to the farm the kid on the farm kind of thing you know hey this was a great life and it's beautiful um but there's got to be more and and that's a very very tough challenge for a lot of people to uh even for myself uh and it's and it's really only um how far out 2015 we're 21 you know it's, i'm six years out and sometimes the fog's starting to lift uh uh from my experiences over the past 15 20 years on all my adult life but, but you know serving someone else and being part uh of, of something bigger than yourself is is the best thing about being in the military and, and being a cop so well i mean long, long story short no, absolutely. You, you you make a really good point there. It really is serving something bigger than yourself and being part of that group that really does make a difference. And it, it makes it so that's what you want to get up and do in the morning. And that, that really is remarkable. So kind of on the other side, what do you find to be the most misunderstood thing about the military? It's not a social experiment. Okay. The military is, is a place uh, for warriors, uh, men or women. Um, my wife is a, is a combat veteran, so I have no qualms whatsoever about women being involved in the military. It, it, people, people think it is a place that you can go. And again, going back, most of the people that go into that line of work, they're like, I can do this, I can do that. And then, uh, you know, it's, it, it's probably, probably the last pure place in the planet where you can go and be judged on your merits, not the color of your skin, not the whatever or, or anything like that. Uh, it's it, it, it's the 
closest I found to a purely merit-based system. And then people come in and they have different expectations. I, I, I tell kids all the time that have asked me about my services, uh, you get out of it what you put into it. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of people only do four years, fantastic. Some of them come back and they tell the, that four-year story for the rest of their life. Uh, me, I'm a little more, I don't know, I've never rested on my laurels. Uh, it's, I keep telling them, like, oh, that was pretty cool. Uh, but what have you done today? What can you do to top that? <laughs> Watch this shit. Hold my beer. <laughs> so, Fair enough. You you clearly have, as we said, a lot of no. You had a lot of experiences in in, in life, and, and that's remarkable. But can you tell me about an experience that that you know maybe really touched your heart, and one that maybe changed how you did things? It's ongoing. I've had a lot of a lot of heart touching touching things. Um, kind of what I do is I write you know small vignettes. Uh, and, and they're buried in my computer here. And someday uh, folks will, I, I don't know, I've had multiple people. I've, I've got some writer friends. I think you met him, Cork, obviously. He's always on my butt. Boy, you need to write, you need to write. I'm like, I'm a freaking caveman, dude. Come on. Uh, anyway, uh, so I write these vignettes and, and I guess that popped in my mind when you asked that question. Probably one of the most, tender heart-wrenching things that really solidified why i continue to do that is is and i wrote it it's, it's called the the burn girl story and uh uh we made it off the pakistan pakistani border and up in up in kabul and this was probably oh two oh three early and early on uh and my friend of and i were uh, in kabul we were doing some other operations, but we, you know, being SF guys, we're like, hmm, there's flower, there's whatever, uh, Flower Street, let's go there. So we're actually shopping. So we're tactically shopping. He goes over to shop, has some chai. He always have to have chai. I'm standing outside, you know, pulling, pulling security for, for him uh, while he's in there, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> shopping and, and, and haggling. Uh, and as I was there, I was just kind of casually I'm in the doorway, uh, trying not to be overly conspicuous and, you know, we're various, I mean, we weren't in full on uniform. So we were trying to blend in a little bit better, but I'm standing there in the doorway and I had this little girl, um, which was even odder, uh, it, it, you know, a little Afghan girl. I, I didn't even see her. She just kind of came up underneath my radar. Uh, and she was, I'd, I'd probably put her at nine or 10 and I had my, my arm just kind of casually hanging down and I felt a stroking on my hand and I looked down and she's there and she was absolutely an adorable, beautiful little girl. Um, and she's looking up at me kind of, kind of tentatively smiling. Uh, uh, I, I guess in my mind's eye, you remember the old National Geographic photograph of that little Afghan girl with the green eyes? She was equivalent to that. The, the, the children in Afghanistan were always just handsome kids. Anyway, so one, I'm startled because someone snuck up on me. Two, uh, 
it's a Afghan female, even though young, and she's just kind of she just touched my hand. I, 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 I never got to know much about it anyway. But she looked up and it wasn't anything. You know, well, she didn't want anything from me. I guess she was just curious about me. You know, this probably probably the first American that she ever saw. Um, you know, up close and personal. And we we looked, and she could speak just a little bit of English. But then I was shocked because it was kind of like, you know, the Batman. You know, the 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 T face. She turned her face, and the whole left side of her face was horribly burned. Uh, and and I didn't see it at first because her her uh, she wasn't wearing a she was too young to wear a, a, a burqa, but she had a, a scarf. Uh, and then I realized that and. Uh, over the following few months, we kind of got to be friends, her and her, all our other little kid friends. Uh, you know, we're getting close to the end of our tour. We wanted some souvenirs. So every chance we got, Chris and I would sneak over there, go to uh, Flower Street, do some shopping, get some knickknacks, looking for some Martini Henry rifles and all this stuff. And I'd bump into him. I'd pay one of her friends to watch the car, make sure no Taliban snuck a hand grenade in it or something and uh so i got to know her um and um you know just, just you know passing just a few minutes here and there whenever i was in town uh and then she just disappeared like so many of those other kids did at that time uh but it, i guess out of that it reminded me of the of the of the human humanness of of what i was involved in you know it's you know everybody gets caught up in uh, you know in the war it's easy to say you know i just want you know oh, i just want to shoot him in the face or you know oh we need to get out of there it's more than that you know if you've ever had a relationship in your life with another human being uh, how difficult is that you know if if you're at all if you have a soul um you know, it's it's a it's a hard pill to to swallow, and and it's a hard thing to manage. Well, and as you pointed out, I mean, so often whether it's talking to to veterans or talking to, to first responders or police officers, yes, they're they they are there to do a job. But it is as you're talking about, it, it is that human connection that. Can, really does connect all of us, and it is those experiences that you hear about um, that that really kind of stick with you long after some of the other things that that you may have seen and had to deal with and and do as part of your job. But it's those stories like the little girl that that really do stick with you and make a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she kind of stole my heart, and you know, I pulled at the heart, especially when I saw how how disfigured she was. Uh, you know, kind of knowing the culture. You know, she was very stigmatized. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't like to think about it, but I, I'm, I'm thinking that she was uh, eventually kind of human traffic in some form or fashion. It, it just as abruptly as she disappeared. Um, you know, so yeah, it was, it, it, you know, I, I, I had a little, a, a beautiful little friend there for, oh, you know, maybe a month and a half, and you know, just disappeared. You know, it, it's it's a damn shame, but uh, you know it's war and life. But uh, it, it, it's always stuck with me. You know? 
enough that I actually wrote a little vignette about it. So. Well, we'll look, we'll look forward to your publication there. Well, so I mean, uh, the, no, these, uh, <laughs> these are the stories that really kind of make a difference for you. But kind of who who are two or three people who've really made a difference in in your life and who've really helped you? Most of them, uh, most of them, you never heard of. Uh, some of y'all in, in the Dallas area, uh, if you grew up in the uh, Garland area, Charlie Crank Cantrell was one. He was uh, my high school football coach, uh, big redheaded Viking man, uh, played ball for uh, uh, Lamar University and then uh, the Cardinals and the Royal Washington Redskins. I may have alluded to this, but uh, I was kind of wild. I've always been kind of wild. So trying to uh, sort myself out, he, he, was, he was one of the first men that ever sat down and told me, hey, you're messing up. You need to fix yourself. And I took that to heart, and I kind of did a, you know, you know, it's just you got a, you got a little bit of talent. You could probably play football in college. I'm like, okay. So uh, I did. You know, he's the first guy. So Charlie Cantrell being one. Uh, Mr. Crouch was another one. He kind of helped me uh, move towards my you know, cognitively move towards my uh, more uh, spiritual side and and my relationship with, uh, uh, you know, Jesus Christ. Uh, And obviously Bill Airhorn. Bill, you've met Bill. Um, You know, it's it's funny when you go through this. uh, I'd like to say I'm some kind of master planner, but... uh, I'm probably just as much as a mess as anybody else out there. Uh, don't know how I found got into these places where I'm truly blessed. I, I really am. I, I, I came out of, you know, 15 years of deploying all my fingers and toes, uh, you know, a few injuries, you know, I got, you know, uh, here and there, uh, relatively sane. Uh, and, and, uh, I've fallen into a, a support network from a lot of people that I've known all over the place, including you guys. Um, you know, uh, it, it's been a wonderful experience working with you and Maureen. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm just thankful that I got to do it and, and be a part of that and, uh, you know, continue to give back because I've been given so much. Uh, and, and like I said, most recently, you know, you know Bill Airhorn has been a awesome, awesome mentor, uh, uh, almost, uh, almost surrogate father at some, at some point in time. Um, and, and, and his depth of experience and, and everything like that is, uh, and, and just, oh, the guy's one of the smartest men I've ever met in my life. And, uh, uh, <laughs> he'll let you know it too. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, those those are the folks there. Bill Airborne, uh, Charlie Cantrell, uh, Mr. Crouch. Uh, yeah, those are the three, the top three right there. Uh, the, you know, well, and that's that that's kind of the, the spectrum from high school to 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 current up to date. You know, had some pretty decent leaders. You know, in in the military. Um, on that early part of my military career was, I learned. I don't want to be that kind of a leader. Fair enough. We, we learn from those who inspire us and those who we don't want to be like either. So, you know, right. and the, all those right. folks certainly help shape us. So now, now here's a question for you. Since you've had those folks who have helped you, 
What would you say the most important thing you've learned in your life to date is? Patience and to have a filter. <laughs> I like that. Having, having a filter. That, I, yeah, I know a few other people, like myself included, that would apply to. I, I like that. <laughs> All right. So if you could step into my shoes and ask yourself a question that I haven't asked you, what would it be? Was it worth it? Okay. There's my question. Was it worth it? Absolutely. I honestly would not. A few minor tweaks in here, but I I wouldn't change the course of my life one bit. Um, And it it, it basically because it, it has been bigger than myself. I'm, I'm freaking satisfied, you know, I'm proud of what I did, uh, proud, you know, I, I'm even happier that I freaking survived it, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, absolutely, you know, every damn bit of it was, so. That's fantastic. Yes, you, you, can, <laughs> you can say that, that's fine. It's a life without regret, and I think that's remarkable. So at the end of all of our interviews, we love to, to kind of flip it over back to the Dickies side. And I've got to ask, what's uh-huh. your favorite What's your favorite Dickies meat and your favorite Dickies side? Oh, my. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was focused on that smoky bourbon thing. <laughs> <laughs> Shane has been to our, our bar at, at Central at store number one. And where they, they do smoked cocktails there. So that that's yeah. his favorite. I was like, oh, yeah, smoked cocktails. Oh yeah, that's that's cocktail. That's not me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a fiend for some brisket. Y'all y'all making y'all making pretty a really good bit of brisket there. Uh, so I yeah I love the brisket. Uh, and my favorite side, uh, one of the cobblers. <laughs> cobbler is a perfectly acceptable side. I encourage you to try our double berry cobbler. We've got that right now. <laughs> And now we, we'll, we'll go in. No, I think that's a great side. That's a great choice there. Just, yes, use your carbs wisely. But all right, so we'll, we're going to go into our lightning round. I'm going to give you two choices, and you're going to give me your favorite. So we're going to kick it off with an easy one. Barbecue beans or jalapeno beans? Jalapeno beans. Sweet or unsweet tea? Unsweet. Chopped brisket or sliced brisket? Sliced brisket. Sauce or no sauce? Sauce on the side. I see. I'm 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 team sauce on the side too. I like it like a condiment. <laughs> All right, brisket or pulled pork? Oh, brisket. Okay. <laughs> All right, and our la- our last one: ribs or wings? Ribs. All right, that's a that's a good choice. That's my pick too. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us on the Dickies Doing Good podcast. My guest has been retired Master Sergeant with U.S. Army Special Forces, Shane Iverson. Thank you so much for joining us, Shane, and we wish you all the best of your success uh, with the Russ County Sheriff's Office. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing what this next adventure will bring. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. you, guys. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. It was great that we could share our stories with you. If you want more information about the Dickey Foundation, feel free to visit thedickeyfoundation.org. And if you want more information about some of our great owners and the great stories they're doing, please visit dickies.com. We look forward to seeing you next week where we'll continue sharing the good stories of good people doing good things in our community.